The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today welcome into the pokes report podcast zach lancaster here alongside brian murphy Boy, oh boy, it's been a it's been a while since the last time we put one of these up. We've uh, we've been a little busy, had holidays and all that stuff, and there's certainly had a uh, certainly Oklahoma State certainly had a lot happen since the last time we put one of these up. So uh, I figured what we would do in this one is uh, we would just kind of go over all of it, you know, the the past month, and just kind of you know, we'll just go over everything. You know, Here's where we are. Kind of where the program stands right now. You know, what's the scholarship count? You know, maybe maybe try to take a stab at who some of the walk-ons that, you know, could earn a scholarship. You know, because they got to get to 85. You know, and I think they're hovering right around 78, 79, 80, somewhere in there. So they got a couple of spots to fill. So I uh, figured we talk transfer portal and, and stuff like that. And we're joined by the uh, we're joined by the boss of Pokesport, Robert Allen. We're, uh, it's, uh, it's a busy day. So we're uh, we're kind of doing this on the fly in between shows. Robert just wrapped up his, and I'm fixing to jump on mine. So um, a relatively quiet weekend for for the most part, anyway. Yeah. So that was it was is peaceful. Did y'all get to y'all get some sleep actually. I mean, I did. You know, I was no sick. late night breaking news. No, I, I covered was, basketball. Yeah, I I watched the game. I was sick. So I took I was I was doped up all weekend. So I slept I slept pretty good. So I'm that's why I've got my uh, that's I've got my. Uh, Phoebe voice going on the Phoebe sexy voice yeah that's, right. that's what I'm that's what I'm working with today so uh this morning it was in and out I had to do two radio hits in Tulsa and I was uh, <laughs> you know it was, it was embarrassing so but yeah um a lot going on uh obviously you go back to last week you lose uh four players to the portal one of them it's a loss because he would have played a lot Sam Wellatui Halamaka but it, that's to me is one of those you know he's got one year left grad transfer has his degree he's going to go back closer to where he's, you know, and so that, that that to me is kind of a typical portal attrition after the bowl game. But then Tuesday around 5 o'clock, you lose John Paul Richardson to the portal, and then 15, 16 hours later, you lose Bryson Green, you lose Stephon Johnson Jr. Those those are a couple of big losses. Those are, what is it, like 60, 60 plus percent, I think. I don't remember the exact number, but it's like 60% of uh, receiving yards. You know that that you lost in a in a fifteen hour period. So, lot a lot's going on. You know, and and it's not. And, and I'll I'll be upfront. I said it on my show last week and the the week before, leading into the bowl game, was that Oklahoma State was going to lose players to the portal after the bowl game. But I kind of thought typical bowl game or post bowl game attrition. You know, guys that are still buried in the depth chart, but they wanted to play in the bowl game. They wanted to stick it out, and now they're going to go try their hand somewhere else. Not three starting wide receivers. Yeah, that's that's definitely not what you saw coming. I think that some of that could be could be a product of one room looking to another room and saying a bunch of quarterbacks in there that are young and going, "Do I want do I want my last year to be with that?" I mean, I don't, you know, I haven't talked to any of those guys, but that's what it looks like to me sitting on the outside that um logically you would have to think that it would be a part of the discussion. Sure. Maybe maybe not sure. the deciding factor, but when you really when you boil it all down, you would have to think that maybe that was a part of the discussion yeah. at the very least. Well, and I think that I think that the the Spencer Sanders, you know, the in the out, the the kind of the just the drama that is that is there. Some people run to drama, and some people run from drama. And I'm a run away from drama kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Robert, do you like drama? Or do you like run away from drama? What do you I mean? don't give a damn. <laughs> I really don't. I mean. Um, you know, I mean, I, I look back on it, and I've said this. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I don't 
try and overanalyze because there's, you know, eight months on the calendar before you're going to play football again. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of time to to rework, and, and there was no doubt. This program needs to rework itself in some ways, not defensively. I think, I think defensively down the stretch of the season, you know, I go back and, and the first quarter of the Oklahoma game was, was not very good. But the, you know, the next three quarters, they, you know, they, they slammed the door on Oklahoma. It's just the offense wasn't good enough to, to um, you know, aggregate catch up with what Oklahoma did in that first, that first quarter uh, in Bedlam. But other than that, uh, you know, you won the Iowa State game. You should have. Defense played well enough to win. Offense did just enough to win with Spencer coming in late. Um West Virginia game, you played well enough to win. Uh, we talked about the last three quarters against Oklahoma, and honestly, I felt in the bowl game against Wisconsin. Defense played well enough to win. So defense, um, Jason Taylor going in the draft, which I think was kind of expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you got six interceptions. You've got a, a great reputation. You're a team guy. What else I are you going to prove? I think he was told that he was going to go pretty pretty well in the draft, third round, maybe outside, you know, uh, into the second, a very worst early fourth. So he's going to have a he'll have a good opportunity. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Um, but you know, you lose him, you lose Thomas Harper, which I think was a loss. I think uh, Jabbar Muhammad, obviously, because I've always said he's he's a tremendous corner. But Cam Smith came through well. Trey Rucker in the bowl game. You hadn't seen him all year because he was ineligible. It doesn't cost him anything. He's got two years left to play, and all it did was earn him a scholarship because he's been put on scholarship already. That's the best ineligibility so, ever. Yeah. To go from ineligibility to scholarship play, yeah. it usually goes the other direction. After the yeah. off-the-field stuff. Yeah. yeah, and he had some off-the-field issues uh, his first year here when he transferred from Wake. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, I think he's, I think he's matured some, and I, I think he's learned his lessons, and, and he certainly came ready to play in Arizona in yeah. the bowl game. So, I look at the defense, and, and I, I, I value Samuele Tuihalamaka. Oh, I agree. I'm, uh, I'm with But you. now you get Jace, you know, Justin Kirkland, who uh, – and I know there's a lot of – I get this, like you probably do on your radio show as well, fans saying, who are these guys? Kind of like, like the Cleveland Indians in, um, in um, Major League. Major League. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the two groundskeepers speaking Japanese saying, you know, who are these guys, you know? I get that from some fans. Well, Kirkland's a 21-year-old sophomore that was an all-state player, three-time all-regional player in Utah at a good high school program that went on his LDS mission, and when he came back, the one school that promised him he'd have a scholarship was Dixie State, a Division II school that changed their name to, to Utah Tech. Um, he quickly proved this year as a freshman I'm better than playing at Utah Tech. And um, I think here at the very end, Oklahoma State's uh, fought off BYU, who jumped in on him, and he enrolls, and he'll be part of this group. Um, Don't know about Leon Johnson III, but there's another guy. Yeah, I had never heard of George Fox University Mm -hmm. uh, in Newburgh, Oregon, Mm -hmm. until – here comes Leon Johnson the third like in for a visit thir- Thursday Friday yeah. yeah and uh and so I go back look at some tape the guy certainly fits find out his high school background he was all Kings County which is the Seattle area um and he you know he stole 28 bases in baseball which tells you you know you got to have some explosion to steal bases you see him on on video you know playing and he's got He's got speed. He's got size. He's he's six foot five, two hundred and almost ten pounds. I mean, so okay. There's another X. Does he remind uh, you of Marcel Aitman? He doesn't remind me of anybody yet. Well, I'm getting yeah, way I'm ahead on, of yourself. I'm in on tape. I'm in on tape. No, no, okay. no. He doesn't. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, I hate to shoot you down, no. but 
No, I, I haven't seen enough of him to remind me of anybody other than uh, he's a he's a really good receiver that I think you know you're going to yeah. give a chance to. Um, you know, when you look at uh, the receiver core, and and I, I'm I'm going back to your statement. All of a sudden, you lost three starting receivers. Okay, I'm not minimizing anybody here, and I'm especially not going to minimize John Paul Richardson. But he's not the starter there, and that was an issue for him. My understanding is uh, every one of those three guys brought up, you know, uh, except really Stephon Johnson Jr. I, I, I think his deal, his dad is a seven-on-seven coach in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I was told he got a call from Deion Sanders. Hey, kid did pretty good at Oklahoma State. I saw that play in the bowl game. He could be good at Colorado playing for me, Dion. You know, you're going to have to stomach. You're going to have to put up with some of that because that's going to happen. I mean, Dion Sanders has already stolen players. I say stolen. I mean, it's all fair now. What you're doing with the portal and NIL, it's all fair. So uh, I think you got Dion on that on uh, Stefan, on Bryson, and again. I'm getting this second hand, but um, his dad was mad about Deshaun Stribling being recruited here from Washington State. And this is where I have a disconnect with a lot of uh, of the modern-day parents and players that come in here. Um, they want it given to their kids. They want it handed to them. If you're... Mike Gundy, if you're Casey Dunn on the offensive side, Derek Mason on the defensive side, all these position coaches, you and, and if you're on the recruiting staff evaluating, how do you think you evaluate? Well, I'm, I'm evaluating, is this guy better than the guys? Is this guy better or does he have a chance to be better than the guy we've got in that spot? And if, it, if the answer is yes, I want him. I think Deshaun's dribbling is going to be really good. I do too. I think he is, and apparently to be really good. Bryson Green's dad does too. Yeah. But here's here's the other end. You know, Deshaun Stribling is got to come in and learn this offense. He's got to come in and get acclimated. You know, Bryson Green has the home court advantage. He's been here, knows the quarterbacks, knows the offense, and you know, and, and he's already achieved. Well, if you're scared of a guy coming from the outside competing with you, you know what I say. Don't let the door hit you in the butt because I'm still old school. Iron sharpens iron. Good competition. The, the, the best way to get a good quarterback is to get several quarterbacks that are good competing with each other. And the guy who survives the fight, he's going to be a really good quarterback. Same thing at receivers, same thing at center, same thing at defensive tackle, all these things. So when I have a parent, Say, well, my kid's going to pick up his stuff and go somewhere else, and uh, and it's because we're bring. That's that's the job of the program is to bring guys in to compete with each other, you know. And you say you want to be in the NFL. Well, I got news for you. When you go to an NFL training camp, they don't check you in and say, "By the way, you're going to be the starting X." Don't worry about it. Training camp here. Don't worry about busting your butt. We're going to hand you the job. I don't think that happens. Well, I think one of the big, obviously one of the biggest complaints this year, uh, especially down the stretch, was depth. You know, you're you're playing a lot of now. Let's let's be honest. On the defensive side of the ball, those redshirt freshmen really stepped up. I, yeah. I, I like you said. I think the defense is in really good hands uh, with with Mason, with some of the guys that are there. They're bringing in some good talent, um, and I don't know if they're done. I mean, they could add a couple more pieces, but when you look at you look at offensive line. And, and how thin it was. You look at quarterback and how thin it got. I think Garrett Rangel is going to be good, but obviously if you would rather have a, a redshirt junior, redshirt senior playing at quarterback than a true freshman that has never played. Or a, I think Gunner is good enough to play at this level, but obviously you'd rather have a redshirt junior, redshirt senior than a, a sophomore walk-on. You know, So that's you have to have good depth, period. Mm-hmm. That's That was the biggest issue this year on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and... and- that's what you were talking about when you talked about typical portal traffic. Mm-hmm. Last year, the typical portal traffic were second-team guys like a Shane Illingworth that probably wasn't going to start. He wasn't going to beat Spencer out, but he didn't want to be second-team anymore. You think you think well, he might want to 
might have reconsidered that this year, having well, to set at Arizona. He got to start. Or in Arizona, not at Arizona. He didn't play much. Illingworth? Yeah. He went to Utah. Uh, was it Utah State? Yeah, or something he like that? started. For a little bit. Yeah, no, I, he was starting at the end Nevada. of the year, too. I don't know if there was a period in the was middle that he didn't start. But, I don't know. It, but, West. You think you don't think he would he'd want to say yeah we got a chance to start well this year. I, I I don't know sure. I don't uh, or it was Nevada he was yeah. at Nevada uh, he was Wolf Wolfpack uh, Nevada I, I don't know but I mean he got what he wanted because his his big goal was to go somewhere where he'd start he he ended up being starter but here's what I'm saying last year you lost and I think this year you've lost some attrition. Mm-hmm. The one guy, even though he's not the starter, we we un- underlined Brennan Presley as the starter, and that's part of the reason. John Paul wants to be a 1,000-yard receiver. He wants to be the go-to guy. And, um, you know, I mean, I would have told him if, if, if I were in that position, I would have said, John Paul, go you go do that, man. You know, this spring, you go out there and you catch more balls and make more plays than Brennan, and we'll make you the starter. You got to beat him out, you know. But and and that's the thing. I think I don't I don't think guys want to want to mess with it. But you know, getting through all that, um, like you said, you've lost some depth. I think everybody loses depth every year in the portal. You're going back and getting more guys out of the portal. Um, I love the the addition of the two Tulsa defenders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently. Um, you know, Brent Venables loves the linebacker. Uh, he's 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 loved up on him. Uh, offered him an hour after he committed to Oklahoma State, uh, and has flirted with him since, from what I understand. Um, but I think now somebody's clued him in that he's already practiced Oklahoma State. So kind of, that kind would of, be kind of official. That would be tampering. He yeah. is kind of, he is kind of official. Um, I like the McKinney kid out of UNLV. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he's ready made to plug in on the offensive line. Uh Cooper is ready to plug in from Texas State. Um I think you're gonna be better on the offensive line with, with Cole Birmingham. Uh I think Kuecki is a guy that's gonna be able to compete pretty quickly. So uh I think you're gonna get better there. Uh the big the, you know, the big question now is quarterback because Spencer's gone. Um we can, you know, I mean, I'm I'm not going to get into all the Spencer rumors that are out there. There are a lot of Spencer rumors. I think I know exactly what happened, and, you know, hey, let's just move on. Um, but I think, you know, maybe, maybe by the time this podcast is done recording, it may be dated because the answer at quarterback may be out there. Yeah. Because they had one in this weekend, and he's a guy that I think fits exactly fits the bill. So there you go. Yeah, we'll see. So a question I was asked: I do I do radio in Tulsa on Mondays, and I did a second hit this morning with Eric G. Uh, and something he asked me, you know, where wasn't it wasn't Good so much old Eric G. I do like Eric. It wasn't so much a like ask me. It was more of a uh, you know you're a you're a psychiatrist. You pop me down while I take a bite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're you're a psychiatrist that has been hired by Oklahoma State. You know what would you do? What, like, what would you say? What What's something that you could do? Like, okay, well, first of all, I think you have to look, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. This is me just kind of repeating what I said to get your thoughts. First of all, you have to look at the landscape of college football. Oklahoma State has lost, what, 16, 17 guys to the portal, give or take. There are programs out there that are have 15 scholars. There you go. There, there are programs out there that have lost 25-plus that are going to have to replace, you know, Oklahoma State, I think, before it's all said and done, is going to have to fill 30 spots with high school kids, with with transfers, whatever. There's programs that are having to fill 40-plus scholarships. There are 85 scholarships on a roster. And oh, you just went through that you this look last at OU, season. You yeah. look at A&M, you look at Florida, you look at other SEC programs, you look at Big uh, Pac-12. There are programs that are having to, to fill 40-plus spots. Oklahoma State is going to have to fill about 30, but they lost 16 compared to 30-plus, like, a&M or whatever. I think when you look at the fact that Oklahoma State is coming off one of the worst seasons in Mike, in Mike Gundy's era, which Oklahoma State is incredibly fortunate, the fact that a 7-6 and six year is one of the worst that Mike Gundy has ever had. But 7-6, and six, you finish 1-5, you, you had to deal with injuries all year, you get fed up with talking about injuries, so injuries aren't the main issue anymore, but they actually are. 
you lose to you lose a, a bad game to Kansas State. You lose to Kansas, God forbid. You barely beat a bad Iowa team. You struggled to beat. You struggled against Oklahoma. You were awful in the first quarter. Uh, your offense couldn't move the ball. You lost to a bad West Virginia team, and then you struggled in the bowl game. And then you lose players to the portal. But Oklahoma State has never really dealt with portal attrition like this. You know, like last year, they lost a couple of starters. That that was that was a that was a rare occurrence for Oklahoma State to lose those kind of players in Tanner McAllister and Jark Bernard Converse. This year, it was obviously amped up, but everyone dealt with that. You're dealing with, it was almost like the perfect doo-doo storm for Oklahoma State this year. But guess what? They're coming off a 12-2 and record. Do things need to change? Absolutely. Now, is that coaching staff or is that is that schemes? Is it you got to figure out some of the position groups? Maybe we got to change some stuff up. Oh, absolutely. You have to change. The, it, seven and six and the, the uh, stuff you dealt with toward down the stretch, oh, there's something has to change. I don't know what. But it's the fact that everything bad seemingly all had happened in the last two months of the season, and that includes the transfer portal and all those losses. So it's not so much that this program is in complete disarray or that this program is on fire. There's some bad stuff happening, no question. But it seems that it all kind of happened at once. That's It'll be okay. Like, you brought in some good talent. You still have good talent. you got to figure out quarterback. you got to figure out offensive line. But it'll be okay. And I'm not trying to kiss ass. I'm not trying to be the orange-colored glasses, you know, trying to make it seem like everything is okay and perfect in the West End Zone. No. But if you take a breath and take a step back and look at it logically, it is going to be okay. Well, here, here's the deal, okay? Um, you have two sets of fans that are out there in the Oklahoma State fan base. Uh, one set is the older fans. Who have are gracious for any of the success? Well, I don't want to say gracious. Well, that's I think even the older fans now are spoiled somewhat because sure. they've had seventeen straight years of maybe not games gr- and winning. More so appreciative. Well, they they just understand the history, yeah. and they understand that life around here has been bad, and it could be bad again. Sure. Okay. So they, I think what you said, the great word there, they appreciate it. Then you have the younger fans. They they don't remember 10 and one. They don't remember probations because Gundy's never cheated. I mean, Sports Illustrated tried to tried that, but didn't work. It didn't work. Um, instead, he survived one of the most thorough investigations that the NCAA has put on. In fact, one of probably one of the last thorough investigations that the NCAA enforcement people staged. Anyway, all right. Those people are spoiled. They don't have a sense of history, okay? I hate to say this, but if one of those comes up to me, please don't, okay? I don't have any patience for you. I'm sorry. I'm the old man on the porch. And if you're, after 17 years of going to bowl games and seeing a a team with a winning record and not ever having to defend that your team finished in the cellar, or in the bottom half of the Big 12, I don't give a damn, okay? The older ones uh, that, that Robert, give it, I mean, this this looks like we're, we're dropping back, okay? What did I say when we first started? The next football game here is not for eight months, okay? The one guy that's been able to win a lot of football games here, year in and year out, is Mike Gundy. He played here. He was an assistant coach here uh, right when he got out of school, in fact. He's been a coordinator here for both Pat Jones and then now you know, he was coordinator for Les Miles, and he was his own offensive coordinator. Okay. Does Mike Gundy know how to fix things at Oklahoma State? He absolutely does. Go back and look at his record. Years where he has dropped a 7-6 and six or even an a, a 8-5, and five, whatever, record. Typically, the next year, he's had a double-digit win mark. I I guarantee you, because I've, I've had this discussion with him, he is not ready to, to call it quits and go become a full-time farmer. Uh, he And when he does call it quits, he's not going to call it quits after a 7-6. and six. He's going to call it quits after one of those double-digit and say, okay, I'm done with this. Find somebody you think can do better. 
Now, let's analyze Mike Gundy, okay, because he's the one that's going to fix this. Has he typically hired, fired and hired assistant coaches? What are we? Is today January 9th yeah. as we record this? Has he typically done that at this point? After Absolutely convention. not. After convention. He got burned the not, one time he, he did. Not not yeah. after, not even after convention. Well, not till convention. He, he, well, he hasn't made a hire until the earliest hire he's made was the one he made last year with Derek Mason. Yeah. It was made the last week of January. Derek was here in time for a couple of recruiting visits on the last weekend before the February signing. Well, date. I don't. I don't mean he's hired at the convention or because of. The, but that's no, that's the starting. He's not even at the convention. Yeah. Oh, no, Zach, no, no, no. He's I'm, not even there. Oh no, I'm saying like when the convention happens, like that that event on the calendar is when his coaching discussions happen. Like it. You're, you're not going to find out any kind of movement at all until, at the very minimum, just after convention. You're not no. gonna, you're not going to get that discussion until you, at least you won't, you second week of January. I mean, you, I mean, you won't get it then. No, I know, but I'm saying that's when it starts. That's when he starts looking. It is. Yes. <laughs> really? Is he? Has he? Was he thinking about changing coaches in December? Was he thinking about changing coaches the first week of January? Uh, in any year, or does he? Or does he after convention when other coaches are available? He's like, all right, you know what? We need to start well, making some changes. I'll, I'll say this: I'm he, not saying that he uses the convention, but I'm saying that's a good starting point for when things start to happen. I think he is probably entering now the final stages of evaluation. That's all I was. Saying. Has he told anybody they're no. gone? No. No. Has he talked to anybody about hiring them? No. So, I mean, he's in the final stages. He doesn't even begin the evaluation till after that guaranteed rate bowl. No, oh, I know. And that's what, yeah, we're on the so, same page. And and now in December, even if you did want to, you know, run the um, the specs on your program, in December you don't have time. You're you're trying to keep players out of the portal. You're trying to recruit some players from the portal. You're trying to finish your recruiting class. And then here, fortunately, you're always getting ready for a bowl game. So there, there's no time. No. Now, I, I saw where we're, we're going to branch off here momentarily. Time out, change the topic. Uh, where Greg Sankey came out this week and said, mm -hmm. we need to eliminate the December signing period. Well, sure. That's what Nick Saban, that's what all of his coaches want because – they want to just go back to the same February, first Wednesday in February signing period because now they can wait to recruit the last two weeks of February or last two weeks of January and just go through the commitment list for all the other schools and say, I want that guy, I want that guy, I want that, and, and just pluck them. Especially with NIL Which now. is what they used to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw a response on Twitter from OSU's compliance director, Ben Dyson. I did not. Yeah, and it said – July, need and I, Gundy's been saying this forever. I've been saying it forever. Ben Dyson is saying it. There's some other coaches. Here's the deal. What is an early – if you really want to – what's the NCAA like to say? That they do right by student-athletes, right? If you really want to do by, right by student-athletes, give them a chance to sign in July. The first – I know it would be right around the 4th of July, but – Hey, what better time to sign a national letter of intent? Fireworks, baby. Yeah, fireworks. And um, and America. America's all about college football. Okay, anyway, um, that's when you need to have it. Yeah. Because that allows those kids to sign, have their letter of intent, you know, cemented. They know where they're going. They can take a breath, relax, play their senior year with their teammates for a for fun, not worry about being evaluated every week on huddle by a coach. Um, and, and, and well, how many will do that? I don't know. I'm not even sure half the kids will. Mm -hmm. It may be about 40%. But I can tell you, when at that point, but that way, OSU had, what, eight or nine by that point? Sure. They, they all would have. They all would have. Yeah. And here's the thing. Now, Oklahoma State doesn't have to spend the money to go babysit and keep tabs on these guys. And uh, they and they will. They'll go see him anyway. They're going to watch him play and keep stay interested in him. But um, 
and the Alabamas of the world can't go poach on them. So that's where you really need an early signing period. Have that done, and now uh, the rest of them will sign in February. I'm okay with that. It's those early ones that were committed for 12 months, and then Alabama poached them the week of signing day. Those are the scenarios that drive coaches and people like me nuts. It's ridiculous. Anyway, now going back to what we were talking about. Yep. With Gundy's approach, he's coming up in the final stages of evaluating his program. I know for a fact he's going to change run schemes, and you have to. You know, the zone's not as effective for a variety of reasons. The defenses you're seeing, uh, he's already shown you he's going to he's going to bring in tight ends because he's brought in Josiah Johnson. I think they'll bring in another portal tight end, and I think they'll probably add a high school tight end if they can find one. Because they're going to go back, to, and I still think you'll have cowboy backs, but cowboy backs now will be a simple synonym for fullbacks, yeah. which is what they should have been anyway. So he's going to do that. Now, is he going to change coaches? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I'm just trying to, I mean, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Um, I don't think he will on the defensive side. Obviously, that's where all the, um, you know, the riffraff out there. Yes, I said riffraff. Um, you know, I've complained, but I've said this too. And I'm, we meet, you know, the radios, the radio crew, we meet with the coordinators every Thursday. I would not have wanted Casey Dunn's job this year down the stretch of the season. You didn't know who your quarterback was going to be, and if you did have Spencer, he, wasn't a, he probably didn't practice that week. Uh, your receivers were going in and out. Dominic Richardson had concussion problems at that point, so he was going in and out. The offensive line wasn't very good. Um, I'd have had a hard time coming up with a play sheet every week uh, to call. And, um, you know, I, I know fans fans don't accept it. They all think they can do better. God, sometimes I'd like to see them get a chance. I'd like to see a few of those loudmouths on Twitter have the uh, – headset on in the booth on Saturday trying to call plays. Well, going forward, who's the guy that's in charge for the next eight, month, eight months, like you just said, or next at least four months? That's that's Rob Glass. It doesn't get better in the nation than, than Rob Glass putting these guys through uh, what they're going to go through late January with the, with the heavy training and then spring. Well, that was another weird thing. You know, like all the injuries that, that everyone had, to try and put that on the strength and conditioning staff, that – has Oklahoma State ever had injury issues like this before? And how long has this strength and conditioning staff pretty much been well, this strength I, staff? I had another guy on my show today text me and say, Robert, quit it with the injuries. It's just an excuse. No, it's not. No, it's not. Was it what did you say? 40, 40, or 40 guys of the 40 two. 40 deep- After the TCU game, uh-huh. after the TCU game, you lost 44 starts, 21 on offense, 23 on defense, the last. How many games was that of the season? Last six. Well, if you include the bowl game, uh, seven. Seven. Uh, no, Last D- seven. T- after TCU. D- TCU was six. So you had Texas, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, Oklahoma, West Virginia Bowl. So seven. That's what I said. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. So that's that's an average of over six a game that you had out of your starting lineup. Now, some of them were more in some games, less in others. But that's what know, I kept. That's what I kept saying. Like you. You really can't only talk injuries so much because it's the underlying issue the entire time, and it, it does seem to get old. But when you really boil it all down, Oklahoma State's issues this year could have been avoided if you were healthy. If Spencer starts every single game, if the offensive line doesn't rotate all year long, if you have you know the 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 receivers were banged up, you know Bryson Green he only missed a few games down the stretch, but if you have a healthy Jaden Bray, you're not trying to figure stuff out. I mean. Injuries were the antithesis of the problem. Now there are other issues. You got to nice like word. you like that, uh, but it's like Robert said. I mean, you have you do have to figure out run game. You got to figure out schemes because it's there. Really, you say a lot of reasons. There's really like two reasons, and it's yardage, <laughs> two yards. You get that, but like you got to figure out the run game. But injuries were the root of most of your problems this year. Was the other... Eli Russ found home? No, I Tro- didn't. Troy, good for him. Yeah, 
Eli Russ, not Troy. Good for and then uh, was it yesterday? Kanayan Williams, uh, Tulsa. Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. I think Kanayan Williams will probably play a lot at Tulsa. What happened to that Tulsa safety? Uh, pull, pulled, pulled his pulled name. Pulled his name. He's so back going at back. Tulsa. I wondered if that's that would a, happen. That's with a reason that I don't know that he'll play that much. He gets to play on all the special teams. Yeah, it'll be so interesting. I mean, back I, to the run game though. Yeah. If whenever. You do get to play against, and Gunny likes to say, well, they get to coach too. The other team knows that you don't have a, a run game. Then they just sit back and beg you to run because they're going to stop. And, and it's every week. It was. It's, every- it's not like it was uh, – it's not like it showed up every now. I mean, you went into – after TC – well, really after Texas. Uh, you didn't run the ball well up until then, but you could still move the ball. After Texas, you knew pretty much every week that Oklahoma State was going to struggle to move the ball. On the ground, anyway. Yeah. And then without Spencer, you're going to probably struggle to move it through the air. But Garrett Rangel, 300 yards through the air against Kansas, he did enough. Should have won that game. Well, we went into week number one uh, talking uh, talking about, and even whenever Robert called on the way home uh, that, that one time, we were talking about offensive line and we were talking about the run game and that that was the big question going into the year. Mm-hmm. And then you have injuries on top of that. Then you have Dom, who is your – your number one guy that was, yeah, you can put air quotes on that, but he was he was effective at getting the ball in the end zone at least. I mean, he scored every every game up until the Texas game. I think we he he was in the end zone, and then all of a sudden that's out. Well, now you've got undersized Jaden Nixon who's red, fast, red shirt freshman, and you've got Ollie who true freshman hasn't really been popped before. I mean, and he, underproven, unknown. Uh, DeAndre Jackson. And I keep wanting to say Des Jackson. And, and a quarterback with a bum shoulder that can't help you out. And a true freshman behind yeah. him. I mean, it was – injuries were that, – that was it. I mean, that was are, – are there issues outside of injuries? Sure. You, you got – there are some stuff you have to get fixed. But it's like I said, you're going back to it. You're coming off a 12-2 and two season. And I will say, to, to their point, I, I'll, I have to give them credit. The new, the new age fans, the come along with the success – you go from twelve to you go twelve and two. You beat Notre Dame. You beat OU. You play in a Big Twelve championship game. Then you go seven and six, and it's nothing but problems. I do understand the frustrations, like what the hell's going on, but there needs to be some understanding yeah. coming back. The but other that way. fan base wants to just fire everybody. Oh yeah, I'm and not thinks it's yeah, a no, PlayStation no. game. I'm not trying to say just, that all that's accurate, yeah. but I, I do understand. I do understand some of the frustrations well, sure. of well, why aren't we? Well, you have to understand again, and I'm not trying to be. You know, Mr. Kiss asked, but you do have to understand there are problems. This isn't professional football. There will be problems to deal and work through. So aside from, you know, Robert said earlier that there there is someone in, in Stillwater right now that is that is visiting. Let's just say they do get a portal guy. What does that what, – what do you uh, think there's that – nobody visiting right now. It's a dead period. Yeah. But that oh, was. That was, was visiting. I'm was. sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. What is what does that backup quarterback battle look like between Floors and Rangel? Do you think good one? Do you think there's one that has a leg up? I think Garrett would simply because of experience, but Zane Floors he's obviously unproven at this level, mm-hmm. but he has all the intangibles to be good at this level. Now, I think he I, I think he'll be good. I think the thing you have to remember, okay, Garrett's actually been out there and done it. He's been popped pretty three good. Times. He's been popped pretty good he's, too. He's played. He's played three games, uh, not having the full offense at his at his uh, command, but you know, limited. But he's been out there. Okay, uh, Floors, you know, comes in and here's 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 the advantage Floors has. He'll have the month of you know, end of January, the month of February, and maybe the first week of March before they get out there on the field and, and start spring practice. So he'll have six weeks maybe, five, six weeks to learn the offense. Um, I'm just basing this off being around him a little bit and and watching him the way he works. He'll know the offense. Very cerebral. Yeah, very. When he gets out there, he'll know the offense. Um, arm talent. He can move on the ground too. He he's can mobile. Move. Yeah, he's he's not yeah, Spencer, I mean, I, but he can I, move. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying his abilities. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I, I think Garrett's talented. I think Zane's more talented. 
okay? Garrett has the advantage of having been out there. He's going to have to – he's got to continue to learn, and, and he's going to have to continue to work on his ability to run the football, his ability to throw the ball. But, I mean, I, I'm just going off what I've seen in person. And uh, when Flores throws the ball, there's a sound. When Rangel throws the ball, it's good, but there's no sound. When Flores throws it, you hear that whoosh. Yeah, and, and the only time I've heard that on this campus was Brandon Whedon. And Whedon's was yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. a it was a rocket. Yeah. So um I mean we'll see. I think it'll be good competition. I don't I don't want to come out and and uh January ninth. Yeah, I don't want to no. come out on January ninth and doom one or the other. But um I mean, if you're asking me if, the, if you're going to put odds on it in Vegas, I would say uh, Zane Floors, I would make him three to one, and I would make uh, Garrett Rangel uh, seven to two. That's pretty close. Three to one, seven to two. If, if you're here at a horse track, yeah. you, you you know, you're not – the odds aren't going to sway you there. You'd bet either one, whichever one you think is going to win. They're that close. So I, I would put something like that on it. But I do believe this. I believe that that uh, Tim Rattay and, and the staff and Gundy, they'll have a older quarterback that um, – that will be a guy that can come out and start the season and maybe finish the season. Uh, maybe by the middle of the season, either Flores or Rangel, whoever has got the upper hand at that point, uh, gets a chance and and starts to take it over. I don't I don't know. I'm not sitting here next year thinking. I'm not saying it can't be, but I'm I'm saying next year probably. I know I said earlier, Gundy usually bounces back and drops off a double win season. I'm, I, I think eight, nine, you know, I, I'm looking at that for next year. And I'm looking at it just on the history of the program. I'm not looking at it on anything uh, talent-wise or X and O. Uh, the one thing I am looking forward to is there better be a better offensive line production and you better be able to run the football. That, to me, that was the biggest uh, negative about the, the entire season. And you can go back and trace that one all the way back to the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team has not – I mean, without Spencer's wheels, this team was not able to just give the, you know, the ball to a back 20 times and expect it to end up being 150, 60 yards of production. You just didn't have that. And this offense, I mean, the school, its reputation, its tradition, that's expected. Yeah. That well, like, was like Malcolm me. said, it's Barry Sanders U. That was Did cool. you see him last night whenever he said he got introduced and Malcolm yeah, Rodriguez, and, Barry and Sanders I, University? That, to me, was acceptable. Yeah. I was waiting because, you know, you got these guys now that, you know. Say they're Edgewood, high school. Edgewood or, Elementary yeah. School and <laughs> – and, um, um, Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, comes out with his community college in Northern California. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. You I think mean, he's done? I, yeah, he... I do. I do. I thought walking off last night, I saw a man that's done. Yeah. Uh, so this is really cool here. Obviously, doesn't have anything pertaining to Oklahoma State. This kind of just be like the cherry on top. Um, Ian Rappaport at uh, two o four on Monday, so January 9th. Uh, UC Health Center official or physicians announced that Bill Safety Demar Hamlin has been released from the hospital and is now back in Buffalo. So that's incredible. When did he get downgraded from critical? Uh, he woke up. Was it Saturday? I okay. think. I think. Because I mean, I, I kept. I thought well, he wasn't critical yesterday. Then no, he was. I know no, he, he was. He was awake game, a day or yeah, two. He had before. visitors and they're watching in their room. Yeah, he yeah. was awake a day or two before the game FaceTime, and then he was awake obviously for the game. Had visitors. Yeah, he's been he re- released today, and is already back in Buffalo. So. Does he have full neur- neurological? Mm. I said it was everything? intact. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they, they know for saying. sure. Sure, 
They said like he had hands, feet. Yeah, yeah. He, that was as of right now. That. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where the. I, I worried about how long he was without air. Yeah, yeah. with his heart stopped. But he's as of right now. That's I mean, good. The, it's it's intact. Now I would imagine here sometime soon they're going to start doing the battery of tests and. Yeah. But released and and going back. I mean, that's incredible. So that because that was obviously the the biggest concern is just being able to live and you hope you never see that on the field that you're you hope you never see that anywhere you hope you never lie there and see it you hope we never see it in Stillwater yeah. but you know that you know that that got medical staff attention uh all over the nation well, you, you know that what they say is that if your heart is in a certain arrhythmia mm-hmm. and you get struck and this could happen if you're driving a car and get hit mm-hmm. you know by a, a a car while your heart's in a certain that it can stop your heart. Yeah. So I mean, I, they believe. I think they believe that's what happened to him. Yeah. I, so, there was a. I, I I did see a tweet. Um, would have been Friday or Saturday, I guess, is when it was. It was a, a a lady out of Texas, I think, that's an athletic director for a high school down there, and I didn't see which one. Um, but she said, when I was a coach, and certainly, you know, I when I was an athletic director, I would get really annoyed at having to try to keep up with my CPR certification or my coaching staffs. CPR certifications, and that is no longer the case, you know. So I thought that, yeah, that's that's, and that was what my wife talked about. She's a nurse. She was like, yeah, I mean, CPR, I mean, that saved that man's life. So uh, good news there for uh, Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin. But that's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. Uh, any final thoughts before we uh, before we roll? Yeah, um, don't be a knucklehead. Well, no, <laughs> just just let them do their job. You know, let let Gundy and his staff do their job. They've they've uh, they've done it pretty well here for about eighteen years. Twelve and two last year. Yeah, the Fiesta I mean, Bowl. And, uh, and and you know, it's just a it's a consistency test. Now, here's the other thing too: if you expect Oklahoma State to match Alabama, well, then you need to go get Alabama's budget, and you need to get Alabama's history, and you need to. Donor and base. Oklahoma State doesn't have all that, yeah. so. Oklahoma State's expectations should not be the same as Alabama. but and, and it's okay to have expectations. But base your expectations on, you know, what you're dealing with at Oklahoma State, budget, all that. By the way, here's the other thing. I'll throw this out. Uh, pokes with a purpose, and we've seen it just today, the, the uh, Twitter messages with guys collecting cars and stuff like that. Hey, pokes with a purpose. From what I understand, they got a pretty good budget. They 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 got a war chest, so they they can they can spend some money on some players. And I think you're going to continue to see it. Now, some people that may be oh boy, great. Some people are like, I mean, I got one from a guy today. Well, count me out. I won't buy any more tickets if they're paying these guys, folks. They're paying the players. Period. It ain't going away. It ain't going away. They, they may be able to. The NCAA may be able to cap it or something. You know, maybe uh, collective bar. That's the yeah. only thing you can do is yeah. have a collective bargaining yeah. agreement. Make them employees. Well, here's the thing, Oklahoma you State. Know. What is it? I, th- I think you can you can safely average four to six, four to seven million dollars a game, give or take, whatever. If if the starting quarterback who is helping lead that team to 10, 11 wins a year wants to go and now it's obviously. Totally different because NIL is not just going and signing autographs. It's, you know, paying Jordan Addison $4 million to go to USC. But if Spencer Sanders or Tylen Wallace or James Washington wanted to go set up shop outside of the comic book store and sign autographs and take pictures or go to a car dealership, you should be able to do that without getting in trouble, period. Usually, you're, if you're helping make millions yeah, of dollars, that's not what this is, though. No, 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 I know, but and that's and that's the obviously the big difference. But like that's somebody asked me what Colin Oliver, what charity did he work for to get that vehicle? Yeah, that's. I said he sacked quarterbacks. That's what he did to get that vehicle. Yeah, but but that's that's my point. If you're helping make millions of dollars, you should be getting sure. something in return. Oh, I, hey, there's. I have no problem with players getting money. I mean, they give up their bodies. I get it. And this is a big money. Inter- this isn't like it was back in the 60s and 70s. Hell, this ain't what it's like yeah. in the 90s, early no. 2000s. This thing has taken off. And with the expanded playoff, with the TV contract, uh, you know, negotiations, this is a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah. So, you know what? Players deserve a cut. Now, what you needed, what you needed to do was be a little bit smarter – about how you you went about it, 
now this is a mess and somebody is going to have to clean it up. And that's probably going to be a collective bargaining agreement. You have to make them employees. Pandora only comes yeah. out of the box. You're she doesn't have go back to, into the box. You're going to have to take care. This will be good because they'll have to take care of their medical needs in a more organized fashion. You know, players still have to file their insurance cards now. Really? Yeah. Anymore, they won't. Not, nothing will come out of their insurance. This will be fully insured. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what I'd like to see is – more equal pay. Some guys, the quarterbacks aren't going to be real happy about it. But at the college level, I'd like to see starting offensive linemen get similar pay to what a quarterback gets. I think at this level, you're still talking about developmental uh, versus in the NFL. There's no doubt you're going to pay, um, you know, a star quarterback. Uh, more than you do the, you know, second-team offensive guard. At the college level, I think it should still be a little more equal across the board. So we'll see if that's what happens. Also, when you sign an NLI, uh, I think it should be very similar to your first contract in the NFL. That's a four-year commitment when you sign that NFL contract. I think in college, you should at least have a three-year commitment with the initial NLI. And then after three years, if you hate your you know, coach's guts and you don't like it, you can leave. And but. if you decide to leave early, you set a year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's – I think that with what the NCAA did going into this year, they made the changes. All right, well, we're going to have a transfer portal window. I don't know what changes are on the horizon, but it, I think with what we saw the past two or three months, I think it's evident the NCAA needs to do something this spring, try to, try to rein something back in. But um, – yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I, I think uh, it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, but it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing works out. So, uh, Robert, appreciate you setting in with us and giving some giving some insight and some some looks into the how the the inner workings of the off season go. And obviously, we we got a ways good, to go. It's good for you to have an old man on the porch. That's uh, true. Get off my point lawn. Of view. Yeah, you know, and and yeah. we're we got a couple of months before spring football, and so I'm sure we'll have you on again here. Uh, leading into that. So that's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. I appreciate Robert, obviously Brian coming up and uh, final thought. You good? No, I just know Robert really appreciate your time. And, uh, and yeah, I think that, uh, that I always love going, especially reading the articles uh, about the workouts, about the, the times that the kids aren't in front of the TV, sure. that, that we see all that hard work. I mean, going through college baseball, I know what that, that off season is like. And that's where teams get forged. That's where you get stronger. It's where you get bigger, all that. And then going into spring football, seeing, seeing what we got. No questions. It'll be a big spring, big offseason, big spring football for Oklahoma State. So that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.